Welcome to Fellowship 1-7, a biblical podcast from Child Evangelism Fellowship for the Christian community. On this podcast, we discuss various biblical topics, passages, and truths, and how those truths have impacted the lives of people around the world. I'm your host, Elizabeth Griggs. Today, we are meeting with Fred Pry, and we're looking at what it means for all believers in our Lord Jesus Christ to be called to a life of separation from worldly and sinful practices. And we'll kind of dive into what that means here in a minute. But before we do that, Fred, would you mind just introducing yourself a little bit, telling us about your role at CEF and your history in ministry and with the organization? Sure, I'd love to. By the way, it's good to be with you, Elizabeth. So my role at CEF is assistant vice president. And what that means is I'm leading USA Ministries. I've been involved with CEF for now for over 20 years. And my history with the organization, of course, for 20 years has been varied. I started out as a local director and served in Pennsylvania, then uh, was asked to consider being a state director, so I moved to Virginia and served there for a few years, and then was asked to come out here to international headquarters as the director of literature. And since then, I've been in my current role as assistant vice president. That is awesome. I didn't realize you had all of those different backgrounds and been in different states and everything. That's really cool. Well, I'm excited for you to be here and kind of share your uh, take on this statement of faith and your understanding of it. Um, I I enjoy this one. For me, it's interesting to see how it kind of plays a part not only in our individual lives, but in how we run the ministry. So I'm going to go ahead and read this. This is our 10th point in the statement of faith, and it says that we believe All believers in our Lord Jesus are called into a life of separation from worldly and sinful practices and should abstain from such amusements and habits as will cause others to stumble or bring reproach upon the cross of Christ. Believers are created in Christ Jesus unto good works, as it says in Galatians 6.10, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So, I guess my first question for you is, how do we draw a line between what separates actions of a believer from worldly practices? Well, to help me answer that question, let's look at Ephesians 2.10. It says in the scriptures, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the first thought that comes to mind to answer your question is, We are God's workmanship, his workmanship. You know, we were once dead in our trespasses and sins, but now we've come alive through Christ. And so that's why the verse goes on to say, we've been created in Christ Jesus. And it says for good works. When I think of good works, um, it talks uh, about walking in those good works. The end of the verse talks about walking in those good works. So when we think of good works, it's a lifestyle. And that's what separates us from the worldly practices or or people that don't know Christ. And so when we think of good works, what would be opposite? The opposite of that would be would be sinful or evil or things that don't please God. Mm -hmm. So the challenge here is that we would walk in a way that pleases God and It's the way he wants us to be because we've been created in Christ Jesus. Yeah, and I like how you said walk in a way that's pleasing to God. When I was younger, I had a man in our church praying, and his his prayer for our church was to walk in a manner worthy of God or pleasing to God. And I think that's key in this 
uh, in this statement is that it's something that pleases God. Because the world has good works, if you want to call them that. Um, but the fact that we're doing this with Christ in mind, I think, is what separates that worldly, um, worldly from godly walk of life. And yeah, I love exactly. that. Yeah, I love that you pointed it out like that because we really should be living in that manner, something that is pleasing, pleasing aroma to God. So, um, with that in mind, if we are living in a way that is pleasing to God as an individual. So we have that standard. We have this relationship with God. We're trying to please him with our own lives. Why then should we be concerned if our actions and habits might cause others to stumble? Because I'm convicted of one thing. I'm convicted of, you know, this belief. I'm, I feel like if I live a manner in this manner, it's okay. But then I go to a friend's house and the way that I'm living or a practice that I have is something that's going to st- cause them to stumble. And it's nothing that's particularly evil, but it might cause them to stumble into something that is worse. So why why, why should I be concerned with that? Because it's my relationship with God that I want to be pleasing. Uh, my mind immediately went to uh, what Christ said. In fact, it was a question he had with an individual, and that was what are the two, what, what's the most important law is the way it was worded to Christ. And he says, well, there's two, basically, two laws of God, which which clarify all the other laws. Mm-hmm. And the first one, of course, is to love God. And then they said the second one is like unto it, and that is to love your neighbor as yourself. So the answer to this question is why we should be concerned is because we truly love other people. We love others, and that's what helps us to then do these things in a way that honors God. So that's why I'm concerned about it. So let's look at Romans chapter 14, verse 13. And I'm not going to read the whole verse, but it says in that verse, decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Hindering someone else is hindering them from following Christ. And we'd never want to do that because that wouldn't be loving. The loving thing is to not get in their way, allow them to follow Christ Mm -hmm. as he leads them. And then 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whatever you, you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do. And this the idea in this verse is, yeah, he mentions eating or drinking, but the idea is anything. And there's other verses, too, like in Romans 14, where it mentions something similar. And the point is, whatever you do, do for the glory of God. So the question I would ask myself, does this glorify God? Or does this keep others or hinder others from glorifying God? Yeah, and I think that's a great question to ask. And looking back on these books that, or these letters that Paul wrote, especially to the Romans, uh, where he's saying, you know, if what you're eating is causing someone to stumble, that's in reference to the the food that was sacrificed to idols that people were eating. Well, the people that were eating it weren't necessarily convicted. It was just food, you know, that's, let's fill our bellies. That's all we really needed at this point. But you have other individuals who were seeing that and, oh my goodness, this is a horrible practice that you have going on. And it, it was making them stumble. So I love that you you brought in that question of, is it going to basically edify the person across the table from me? Or is this something that's going to make them go back into a sinful lifestyle, sinful practice? So uh, I think that's a really good, really good question to ask ourselves as we um, examine our own lives. Because I think, and I was, I was kind of playing 
you know, the bad person here. But <laughs> I think it's easy to see our walk with Christ and think that it's a very um, self-centered walk, that what am I going to do to make my walk better with Christ? But the beauty of walking with Christ is that we literally are his body. And so we're created to, or we're called to, build each other up and to work as one body and one church. So I think those are good questions to ask ourselves as we um, participate in activities and habits that might cause other people to stumble. Yes, that's. I totally agree. You know, our freedoms shouldn't be freedoms that cause us to step on other people's convictions. Mm -hmm. And that's what that verse talks about. You're stepping on other people's convictions and you're ultimately you're hurting them. And of course, the love love for people doesn't do that, doesn't even want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And and like you said earlier, Jesus summed that up beautifully in just, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. That's if we're going to sum up the commandments, all of those laws that you guys have been studying for years and years and years. Let me give you a sentence. Here you go. Exactly. And we live by that and are able to um, build the church and be the church and function as one. Um, I also was reminded of a verse, I believe it's in Galatians. Uh, some of my teens are quizzing over this this year, and it's talking about not misusing your freedom, which you had literally just touched on with, you know, we do have this freedom in Christ. We have freedom to, um, you know, live outside of Jewish customs, I guess would be one way of putting it, as he's comparing Jews and Gentiles and Galatians and Ephesians. Um, and... You know, we have that freedom to live outside of those customs, but don't take those and basically shove it in each other's faces. Exactly. Exactly. What, what good does that do? Right. Right. It isn't good. It isn't. It isn't. It, it causes dissension and, you know, butting heads. And nobody wants that, especially if you think about like family times. Like if you're butting heads in your family, it's not healthy to an extent. There's there's a part of you that, you know, you do need to have these discussions and People are different. Everybody's different. Everybody's going to have this way of living. But um, if it's to the point that you're causing harm to each other, you have a problem. And actually, one of the things that I think in this particular subject is this gives the opportunity to help that younger believer mm -hmm. or less mature believer grow in Christ. Yeah. So don't use it to hurt them. Use it to help them yeah. to grow. Yeah. Um, and I, I believe there's an Old Testament scripture that talks about, you know, the older men instructing the younger men, older women instructing younger women. So it's, you know, it's something that God has had planned for years. You know, for us, it's a long time ago. For him, it's, you know, two seconds ago. But um, for years and years and years, and it's this beautiful tapestry that's just being repeated over and over again. Older instruct younger. And then we have these scriptures here that are basically, you know, saying the same thing, you who are established in your faith, who are confident in your walk with Christ, don't take this person who has a weaker conscience and just throw them to the trash and say, well, good luck, have fun, I'll see you next time. Exactly. Um, but come, come alongside them. Yes. Well, that is our time for this portion of our discussion. Uh, we do have a second part coming up that's going to be a little bit more in depth, a little bit more um, picking this apart, and I'm excited for that. But uh, we are out of time for this portion of our podcast. But uh, Fred, I want to thank you for joining us for this one. Um, I've enjoyed having you here and being able to talk to you a little bit more about this subject and uh, pick your brain, if you will. Um, it's been fun. It's been my pleasure as well. 
If you would like to learn more about who CEF is and what we believe, you can visit cefonline.com about. This will be linked in the show notes. Be sure to check out Unite Kids Radio, where we unite kids with the gospel through adventures and foundational biblical truths. Give us a like and subscribe to keep up to date on both this podcast and our kids program. Thanks for listening. Thank you.